0: Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger hosted anthology series, Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to The Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's patron is Jordan at Trendulax. Once more, joining us again for the fourth time, Aaron Dries, horror novelist from the Land of Oz. Welcome back to the show
1: hi everybody thank you very much for having me back you
0: fools
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 been a
0: while too i mean not in like chronological time but you were you were on like what
1: episode five or six of this show I feel as though, uh, look, I, I'm such a champagne Freddy, uh, <laughs> Freddy's Nightmare uh, participant because I've only watched the episodes that you've assigned me. However, I will say that I did watch the entire, like, you know, both seasons way back in the day. Um, but and, and so I I find this a, a joyful experience, uh, getting to watch these couple of episodes and having a chat with you. What about you, Brendan? How are you finding this now? Because <laughs> here we are again. Uh, You know what? it is what it is i like what i what i relish about doing
0: this is getting a chance to talk to my friends Mm. um like almost all of my uh well because basically this show i i'm not beholden to anyone i i created it for charity i'm like fully producing and hosting it on my own so i get to have guests who are just like people i admire and respect and after almost every recording there has been like a 30 minute gossip session to follow talking about freddy krueger so it's been it's been pretty good for me honestly in that regard but uh i've just been very busy at work um and i do just on my lunch breaks just sit there and watch a freddy episode and just tap away like taking notes and i don't really get a break so that that kind of sucks
1: I guess that part sucks, but look, take comfort in knowing that what, you know, not being beholden to this and, you know, you get to catch up with your friends and you just kind of just like check in occasionally is, uh, it's pretty much, I imagine what, uh, Bob Shea's experience in executive producing this show would have been like, right? So (laughs) you're you're almost entirely right. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, look, I, Lord of the Rings is coming, Bob. So, so it's not far off.
0: You've got this. Just hang in there. (laughs) um Uh, yeah well we're here to talk about season two episode 10 do you know where your kids are such such an 80s reference Um, it is but yes so this uh episode's original air date was december 10th 1989 here's what you could have watched instead uh you could watch the war of the roses or um you know we should have saved our meryl streep references from last episode because you could have watched she devil with her
1: and roseanne barr Oh look. <laughs> what a what a weekend of the movies that would have been. Can you imagine doing the double feature of War of the Roses and She Devil? Danny DeVito and and oh did, did Danny DeVito direct War of the Roses? Oh my. I, I going will crazy? double check that. I have a feeling he did. Um followed up then by Matilda. <laughs> oh <laughs> were...
0: yeah, that was him. That's crazy. Okay, Google, yeah, he also just... directed a re-
1: Sorry, what? he directed a really he directed a really cool episode of Amazing Stories as well, um, uh, with his wife at the time, who was from Cheers. I can't remember. Um, yeah, Rhea Perlman. Was a, yeah, Rhea Perlman. She kind of per- and again, it's basically together? The World of the Roses. I don't know. I don't want to break them up. I don't want to be like a Hollywood gossip. You know, well, I can just you, see us. You, know. you, you just said oh, at the time. I I'm um, just not sure if they're still together.
0: Okay, I am. I'm again. I'm only just. My whole Google is just. Uh... Danny DeVito oh they separated in 2017 this is your fault
1: oh that I am so sorry I I was I'm the Yoko Ono in the the rear <laughs> and um and Danny DeVito relationship I broke up the Beatles sorry everybody um but he did direct War of the Roses so congrats on that hey look I'm here for all your obscure Danny DeVito directed uh, trivia hey I really like Matilda I think Matilda is brilliant oh yeah No, Danny DeVito is brilliant. Yeah. Did he make Death to Smoochie as well? Or is that John Waters?
0: No. I I am done Googling Danny (laughs) DeVito with one hand while I hold a microphone. This will be a mystery left to the time. (laughs) Listeners, please let us know who directed (laughs) Death to Smoochie. (laughs) I'm sure somebody did. (laughs) Anyway... The Uh, writer of this episode is Wayne Rice. He's now a producer. He produced all those Gary Marshall holiday movies, including Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve. He also produced Dude, Wears My Car? Which is a movie that is full of gay panic, but also is funny in
1: other moments. Look, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember vaguely laughing occasionally. Yeah, it's actually... Dude, Where's My Car? is
0: a movie that if it had been bigger um the when the hangover came out everyone would have been like this is just a ripoff of dude where's my car it's it's very ahead of its time
1: right okay cool um i, I vaguely ashton kutcher's in that right yes and sean william scott oh sean william scott star of final destination one yes exactly <laughs> um billy <Hitchcock. laughs> Is that his name in that film? <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> oh my god, Glenn Morgan, what are you doing? <laughs> They're just having a good time, you know?
0: <laughs> it's it's better than the uh one of the characters last names, I believe, is Murnau after the Nosferatu director, so you know, it could have been worse.
1: <laughs> who's which character is that we are digressing massively, but I'm oh, so that's curious what we to do. know. Yeah, who who's the Murnau character in Final Destination?
0: I might be wrong, but I'll double check because there's, there's definitely a Browning. That's Devin Sawa's character. They were oh, okay. really, really doing that thing. And yeah, then yeah. um maybe I'm confusing it with because the FBI guy is named Agent Shrek after Max von Shrek. <laughs> um, but... Oh, I
1: thought you literally meant Shrek. <laughs> the... No, Dude, see, that's the, the, the you, large green
0: ogre. This came out, or Final Destination came out, I think, a year before Shrek, so they, they right. couldn't have known how funny it was known. going to be watching it in any other year.
1: <laughs> Look, if, if I ever am in the Final Destination situation, I want, the detective I want is Detective Shrek, okay? Yes. I want it to be known.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the new Detective Pikachu spin-off.
1: <laughs> detective Shrek.
0: Okay. Anyway, um, yes. the director of this episode is Bill Frolick. He directed Return to Horror High and one of the previous
1: episodes we talked about. So I kind of, I kind of dig Bill Frolick. Um, I, I I never saw the Horror High, but I remember the cover. I remember the VHS cover. Is that the one like a cheerleader skull type situation?
0: Yes. Um, the one that's not a okay. cheerleader camp. It's yes, um, not that. Yeah, she's got like it's like a white background, and she's got her pom poms held like coquettishly behind her
1: yeah yeah it's also the cover of jack ketchum's the girl next door which is a terrible representation of that book but highly recommended to it. listeners everywhere if you feel like just horrifying yourself into a pit of despair
0: cool and for the opposite of that i do recommend <laughs> return to horror high which is a very fun
1: movie
0: <laughs> um awesome
1: i missed but- denny devito
0: yeah, me too. Um, the cast here, uh, we do have Sharon Farrell as Mrs. Wax. She was the 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 mean mom from the beginning of Night of the Comet, which was kind of fun. Oh, um, yeah. And as Kurt, Brad Hunt. Um, I have not seen Magnolia, but he was in it, and I knew I would have to bring it up to talk to you about it. He played a character named Craig Hansen. I don't know if that's a big character, but that's who he is. He
1: was in Magnolia? Yes. What? <laughs> All right, I'm not not gonna get ahead of myself here, but and I know I again, I'm a champagne Freddy Nightmare kind of guy, but I kind of loved this episode (laughs) and and I know that you were at a point of but Freddy burnout So it might just be that you know, you can't see the the woods for the trees But I'm almost convinced this is a good hour of television And now that I know that it features one of the cast members from one of my favorite films Magnolia my god has this elevated massively in my books i have no idea who that character is in magnolia there are okay, like fifty thousand people <laughs>
0: but okay so i i will say um i have not yet qualitatively judged this movie so you know jury's mm-hmm. out um I, sometimes... i'm here to persuade you thank you uh, yeah sometimes i just you know by going through the plot again i kind of remember whether or not i loved or hated this episode and kind of reinforce it and decide
1: at the end um, hey look the opening shot features bon jovi you can't go wrong what do, do you remember that the opening shot of this episode once we get out of the fr- like you know is a poster of bon jovi on the wall in in the girls room oh yeah okay sorry they were talking about mm-hmm. they were playing bon jovi and i was like i don't think they could afford that No, um, no no they definitely could not afford that <laughs> But yeah, so
0: yeah, uh, beneath the Bon Jovi poster are Heidi and Lisa, best friends, and they're like, oh, Kurt Walmont asked you out? And Heidi's like, no, I asked him. And then, so Lisa, um, wait, no, Heidi. Heidi is the the horny babysitter. Um, She asks her best friend, Lisa, she's like, okay, your mom's going to be at my house playing bridge tonight. So can I come over and fuck at your house and also can you do my babysitting for me at this other house? Which is she's a monster.
1: I just think you know Lisa is a, is a wonderful friend. <laughs> a wonderful yes. Friend. <laughs> and I don't
0: Lisa better, I mean obviously this isn't how this episode ends, but she better have been planning to receive that money for the babysitting job. Oh yeah, absolutely. But Lisa is just so, that good of a person, maybe. Um, that, God, uh, what a mess.
1: Um, I, if, if I was Lisa, I would say, no, fuck you. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Go get a hotel room like anyone else. You can afford it with the amount, the extraneous amounts of money you're going to get uh, paid by babysitting at the Burtons.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay. So, yes, you mm. have to babysit at the Burtons. Um, Lisa shows
0: up, and there's, like, a little, probably, like, five-year-old boy named Will... And she's like, Oh, hi, are your parents home? And she like walks in and then there's this rattling wailing noise coming from the wall and she stares at it like, huh?
1: Do you know what that reminded me of? That sequence in The Exorcist where Ellen Burstyn is going up into the attic and they're like, oh, it's just mice. It's just mice. And I'm like, no, it sounds like there is a tiger loose up there. <laughs> yes. and, and, the, and, and, and the everyone's like, no, it's just mice. It sounds exactly like that. It's a, a deep, deeply penetrating violent sound coming from underneath the stairs yeah it is clearly somebody trapped under the stairs screaming and it's it's a lot and she's like oh what's
0: that and then it happens again she's like oh there it is again as if it's not entirely clear what we're listening to um and he's like oh that that's just my sister patty
1: all right oh my god the patty under the stairs i just love it (laughs) another west craven boom right there um yeah and then
0: yeah just all of his worlds are coming together freddy shows up and this truly is all, look all of these are free association but this is just fully him coming up with it on the spot he's like patty 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 cake yeah patty cake baker's man catch a babysitter fast as i can <laughs> and <it's> just <laughs> we really got to get inside the process on that one <laughs> And then he
1: kind of gives up on the rhyme halfway through. I'm like, that doesn't rhyme. Come on, Freddy. You can do better.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, on the evidence of the show, I'm not convinced
0: that he can. Um, yeah, true. So, um, here's where I need to inform you a little bit about what happened in the previous episode, Bloodlines. Which and we I covered. did not
1: know. I did not know that this was a sequel. So, this is new to me. This is the, the prequel. Tell me about the prequel to, to this episode.
0: Yes, it's an episode called Bloodlines that I watched with, I believe, B. Bass, who was on last week. Um, Another good friend who is much harder to make fun of than Ryan Larson. (laughs)
1: What Um, did B. think of this episode, Uh, the Bloodlines? I
0: immediately eject everything I talk about out of my brain as soon as it happens, but I don't think she liked
1: it. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right, tell me the plot. Pitch me. Okay,
0: so... So basically, um, Bloodlines, the first part has nothing to do with this episode, so I'm not going to bring it up, but it's Banana mm-hmm. Pants. Um, but the second half is about this guy, Jack Burton. Um, he shows up to his home with his wife, just with an adopted baby daughter, and his wife is like, um, okay. <laughs> um, and so this daughter is named Patty, and it is very much a extreme, a bald ripoff of The Omen. Um, where she's trying to find out who Patty's parents are and Patty starts kind of turning evil a little bit. Um, and then she in a dream finds out that Patty was born of a jackal to someone named Thorn. Think about it. Like oh right, the God. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah. And then Patty eventually kills her with a little rolling toy and she falls down the stairs. Um, And so this is that self same Patty. Um, Instead of going the Damien route and becoming the Antichrist, she has become, I guess, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Three, just trapped in the basement.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I don't need to see that episode. I, I like this standalone story and and my own mythology that I have crafted about Patty under the stairs, (laughs) Patty cakes. It's much better. (laughs) Yeah, this this cheerful new
0: uh, stepmom of Patty is like. All right, we're heading out. Under no circumstances open this basement door.
1: <laughs> she reminds me of um, Shelly Devall, but not Shelly Devall acting, but Shelly Devall introducing herself in that show that she used to host. Oh, Hi, yeah. I, like I'm Shelly Devall. Yes.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Shelly Devall. <laughs>
1: also every bit with the parents and the, basically the whole tone of this and i'm probably giving it too much credit in terms of the illusion but it reminded me of parents do you remember that movie parents i've not seen it actually yeah is it bob balaban who made that i can't even remember now it's probably it's, Danny DeVito. It, it was it is was was parents directed by the same director as death to Spucci? maybe <laughs> <laughs> who could tell but that's a really good film and it's definitely worth checking out it's kind of like you know David Lynch light meets um Sesame Street. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. But anyway, we digress. Yes. Um
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to open the basement door. Um the kid has a poster for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in his room and I this kid's great. Love this love this poster. Um she's reading a bedtime story and it's a very creepy kids book that is obviously an RL Stein parody. But the the name that they came up with is Our dog Thomas?
1: Yeah, look, I... I appreciate the illusion because this whole episode was giving me R.L. Stein the babysitter vibes. Like I, I loved R.L. Stein. It's got like a point horror. It doesn't feel like um, Freddy Krueger universe. It feels like point horror. Christopher Pike, R.L. Stein, Dian Ho. You know all of those kind of you know nineties, early nineties paperback. That's and I was like, this is my jam. This is actually really exciting to me. And I'm with you. This kid, I wrote down in my notes. This kid is one of us. I he love is. Will. <laughs> and i just love the parental i love the the parental neglect in this entire household extends from having a child under the stairs and also letting a four-year-old or whoever all these watch the texas chainsaw massacre i love these are my parent parental goals that i have if i ever have a child it's
0: maybe maybe without the basement part um oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
1: true true yeah good point i'll I'll write that down
0: (laughs) yeah just yeah take a note um it does not end well for them let's say um yeah But, okay, so uh, Lisa has a million dreams about being dragged into the basement. And I'll probably skip past a bunch of them because who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, But so basically, there's this lacy-curtained door behind her and she sees like a shadowy monster figure. And more dream shit, moving on. Okay. Yep, yep. So she had a dream that Will's missing, but then when she wakes up, Will is also missing. Um, And she finds him like down the basement steps. So there's this like big metal door that's keeping Patty inside um, at the bottom of the steps. And he's just kind of sitting on the steps outside. And he's like, I couldn't sleep. I like to listen to, to his sister's
1: tortured moans. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, look, like I said, <laughs> he's one of us.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know if I
1: like me personally would <laughs> go, relate to this particular moment. I feel as though the my, my, the person I relate to most in this is actually Lisa because at one point and I wrote it down she rings Heidi, right, who is just like rolling around on the bed on, on her Lisa's own bed, bed on Lisa's bed and she's like um you forgot to mention that the Burdens had a deranged daughter locked up in the basement and I'm not thrilled about it Heidi <laughs> that's that's me <laughs> and, and also why am I leaving a message on this phone it's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so good I actually thought that was clever
0: yeah and then um, yeah it, it is clever it is funny there are like you know moments of funniness um, Heidi does eventually pick up because basically Lisa starts talking about how she has herpes and finally like gets her attention again um, another line <laughs> I love that I yeah. would do that to you <laughs> um, but Heidi again just truly is a monster and she's like what's the problem she's not even their real daughter <laughs> because she's adopted <laughs> but it's like the fuck does that matter <laughs> there is a, mm-hmm. a a deranged teenager in this basement um and basically lisa's like i'm leaving this house in 20 minutes even if you don't show up like i'm leaving you better be here when the parents get back or you'll be in trouble because
1: i'm just your temp you know and also i don't want to presume to know how america works but here in australia we have like an entire government agencies um you know whose job it is to stop this from happening like child and youth protection services you have them right that's that's an accessible resource to people right yeah
0: we do have child protective services and none of the half dozen people who walk through this house and hear the deranged screams from the basement thinks to call them
1: well look you know if you don't want to call child and youth protection services the least you can do is try to bait patty with a with a chicken leg right <laughs> which she
0: does too yeah this i also believe is a dream but she dangles it down this dumbwaiter that they use to feed patty <laughs> and this string gets pulled and like as it's like whizzing down the dumbwaiter it slices her finger open which is ooh ooh that's that's that's, that's mm-hmm. hard that's hard to see yeah i mean it's not it's not a gross moment there's no blood but you you feel it you know Mm,
1: yeah yeah i um i visceral rope and uh string action always weirds me out in movies yeah, there's a great moment of that in the descent also oh yeah absolutely and in jaws and in the mist those are ones that kind of spring to mind as well Oh it's kind of it's such a gross thing yeah anyway chicken chicken yeah, bait yeah <laughs> um you know it's another dream she wakes up
0: um Heidi comes in and she's like, all right, I'll just check on Will and I'll take over. Um, But then Lisa picks up the phone and Heidi's calling on the phone from Lisa's house, as she proves by playing Lisa's outgoing message, which I don't know is possible to do while you're on the phone.
1: Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's
0: been a while. But basically it's like, well then who was that upstairs? And she runs upstairs and Will's in the dumbwaiter and it's just another dream. And it's, it makes no sense. Um, But basically now she thinks that Will is in the basement for no particular reason. Mm -hmm. Um, She opens the, the padlocked door and of course she's dragged in. She gets locked in. Patty steals her car and takes off. Um, Heidi and Kurt show up. They think that um, Lisa just left in her car because Patty is also just, you know, a blonde teenager. So it's a fair assumption to make at night. Yeah. Um, but then the parents come home. Kurt wipes off his lips to hide the evidence that he's
1: been kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that detail. And I was watching this with quite a... A concerned eye. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, that? it's, it's just—it's
0: very funny. No, you got to rewatch it because this is the—that's the guy from Magnolia. So you need to like really <laughs> hone in.
1: Do you think that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson saw this episode and he's like, "That is the hinge, <laughs> that is the bud at the center of my Magnolia." <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> it planted the seeds for that screenplay. <laughs> okay. um, mm. Sorry, Julianne Moore, take a back seat <laughs> to Kurt. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Anyway, so so now it's Lisa in the basement, and she's now the one like screaming and trying to escape. Um, and the instant you're like, "Well, okay," the parents have to see Patty at some point, and they'll realize it's not her. And so that's the moment when the mom turns and says, "You know, it's been almost two years since we've seen Patty."
1: <laughs> two years. My God. And also th- that is a one hell of a revelation and yet is not the most disturbing thing about this whole thing. Heidi motherfucking Heidi just swoops on in and takes the babysitting dollars from them as well. She did none of that work.
0: Heidi is none of it.
1: the worst friend. And Lisa is <laughs> the
0: world's best friend. Cause she's done all this for Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I- <laughs> oh God. But also continuing the anti-adoption stance of this show. Um, uh, the Jack the dad is like she's still our daughter and Jill is like she's the daughter you and Maggie adopted <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh, then dear. basically she's like trust me I'm a nurse at the asylum Treat patients are treated much worse there at least she's home and we're still a family and I'm like I don't I don't
1: think you are <laughs> <laughs> Shelly Deval please stop
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 in, it's wild, um, yeah. and then we we get a shot of like Patty telekinetically driving the car, and like her eyes are rolled, and she's like speaking in tongues, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And then we see Lisa trapped. Freddie comes out in the dumb waiter, and he's like, "Oh, this was Freddie's worst interstitial." He's like, "When will they learn? You never send a girl to do a man's job." And I'm like, "Okay, Ooh. and
1: what?" What job would that be, sir? Yeah, babysitting. Because then he goes like, "Don't forget, I'm great with kids," and I'm like, "Oh my god."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, first of all, just that phrase in general is so horrible. It is um, awful, isn't it? But also, it in this context, there's really no even even if we're like trying to reinforce the gender
1: binary, there's nowhere that fits. <laughs> No, it is a, a dumb line spoken from within a dumbwaiter, and that's <laughs> pretty much the extent of it. Oh, you got me, Aaron. <laughs> You're welcome. Also, I'd forgotten that it was called a dumbwaiter until you said it. I was just like, the, the Halloween H2O up and downy meal thing is what I was thinking <laughs> in my brain. It's a dumbwaiter. <laughs> it's Which a dumbwaiter.
0: Actually... No, that makes sense. That's actually, there should be a better, like, non ableist name for that. <laughs>
1: What about Lazy Susan? What about a Lazy Susan? Do you have them over there?
0: Yeah, really. We do. Also, you know, like, fuck Susan, right? I guess. She sucks.
1: Susan and Mary. It really sucks to be them.
0: Okay. um, Yeah, so that all all sucks. Um, Yeah. Act two. Act two. Um, Lisa's mom has gone round the bend. She is convinced that Lisa's still alive, even though she has had a car accident apparently, like the night that we saw her. Obviously we know that Lisa's still trapped in the basement, but apparently Patty did crash the car and everyone assumes that Lisa's dead, even though they didn't find the body. And the mom's like, I kept her room exactly the same for when she comes home. And I'm like, even if you did think she was dead, it's been a month. Like it's, it's, I, I wouldn't expect you to have the room together by then anyway
1: you almost sounded a little bit like um uh what's the, the billy from, from scream from scream Look, it's, it's like been a been year been dead for a year why won't you suck my cock? <laughs> i'm sorry if my traumatized life is an inconvenience to you and your perfect <laughs> existence brennan <laughs> god that, that was that was
0: good that was a very good impression of the clip from stab
1: in scream 2 (laughs) and then is it leaf strap just goes oh you doofus (laughs) you know something like that um Um, yes no it's luke perry luke perry is it luke perry yeah playing playing billy and stab I can't even remember now. It's been years since I've seen Scream 2. Oh, I think so. Oh, you know what? It's No, it's it's Luke Wilson. I, I get them confused. Ah, uh, okay.
0: It's Denny DeVito. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, there's a whole thing. Uh, Freddie's like, oh, looks like Lisa's got herself a new mailing address. Maybe she wants out of there. Maybe she's looking for some room service. Know what I mean?
1: And Freddie, I, I don't, and I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> I think it has a vaguely rapey connotation, and I, I do not approve.
0: Yeah, he's really having a
1: moment in this episode that is more disturbing than normal. Yeah, yeah. This is the Freddy Krueger of the remake. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, all those things that we just kind of glaze around. Freddy's like, do you know, what? I'm just like, gonna all hang out here. You know, I'm great with kids, and I'm here to make. Inappropriate comments to you. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that (laughs) just slide down the fader on what Aaron's saying.
1: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I'm like, somebody get you know Freddie into HR, Human Resources, attend to this right now, please.
0: But but he's not a human. Is the problem?
1: True, true, true. Inhuman resources. I should have said that. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) sorry. Okay,
0: so basically, Patty's mom is at the house of jack and jill burton um handing out missing flyers and asking them to pass them around and she's like well yeah you're the last to see her alive and she also hears the screaming from the basement and ignores it (laughs) it's so good (laughs) and she doesn't realize that that screaming is actually her daughter
1: (laughs) Um, such good insulation in those walls really (laughs) oh
0: yeah um, and, and
1: for and for people who are just listening to us and and they need to visualize this it's not just that you can hear the screams there's a whole like like you know desk it's a credenza that rattles yeah it's a, it's a, it's an edwardian <laughs> <laughs> yes rattling and the shells are just like bouncing off the wall it's like a train is going by outside you know yeah, it's, like, it's a thing they, they could never put picture frames on it because they'll just
0: shake right off
1: Yeah, also, the other thing, you know what just occurred to me then? So, is the dad's name Jack Burton? Yes. Isn't that the name of um, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China? I do believe it to be that, yes. Jack Burton on the Pork Chop Express. I wonder if there's some sort of crossover here. There's some fan fiction for people listening at home. Just get to work.
0: Yeah, and and then also, as as if that naming wasn't enough, uh, like, him and his wife, they're Jack and Jill.
1: Oh, I didn't even get that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 something. Is also, it a joke? The jury's out. A, the jury's out. And also, <laughs> Lisa's mum is her last. Her name is Wax. So yes. her name is Lisa. Lisa Wax. <laughs> yeah. Which well, which actually,
0: um, I was like, do I know someone named that? But no. Um. There's the the woman who wrote the book literally wrote the book about friday the 13th the tv series her name is elise wax um and so i'm like oh that's where that's where my brain's
1: getting that i'm like
0: i wonder if her parents like saw this episode
1: yeah yeah her parents and paul thomas anderson they were the (laughs) only ones who saw this episode yes (laughs) um
0: but okay so the mom she sees patty like full feral patty mode like stealing from her car and she's like no I, I won't hurt you. Want to come live with me? Basically, like, you know, I need a new daughter. Um, she's like, she's very obsessed with feeding her something hot. She's like, come home with me. I'll fix you something hot. It should be hot. You've never had something hot before. It's hot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brown soup. It looks disgusting. It
0: does look disgusting. <laughs> and then she promises to bake her a blueberry walnut cake, which could be good, but also seems just fucked.
1: Yeah, I'm like, can I can I take the blueberry cake first before you give me this brown sludge, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then um, Patty
0: from behind her picks up the largest knife in the world from a cutting board.
1: but Holy shits.
0: Yeah, but instead of stabbing the mom, she just angrily, like,
1: lops it into a
0: wheel of cheese.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, there's a pun there just waiting to happen. I'm not quite sure what it is, but... Uh, I'll breathe right back. <laughs> oh, oh God, okay. <laughs> hey, look, Patty is basically the love child of Michael Myers and Kirstie Swanson. So I'll oh give her a pass. God, she is. <laughs> She's like, um, you know, when Kirstie Swanson dies at the, in, um. Deadly Friend. In Deadly Friend. She's got Deadly Friend kind of flowers in the attic, you know, kind of, you know, vibes. Whilst meanwhile, <laughs> Lisa downstairs at the other house is actually getting a tan. She looks more tanned. <laughs> <laughs> underground that she does <laughs> it's great God, <laughs>
0: magical what a show um, but yeah, uh, Patty does go upstairs and takes a shower and then she has a moment like um, Elizabeth Moss in Us like putting on the makeup in the mirror mm. where she's like I finally get a chance to be pretty I've been living underground for so long again another person inspired by this uh, this episode uh, yeah. Jordan Peele
1: mm-hmm, definitely
0: Um. She does find a newspaper clipping about Lisa's accident on Lisa's desk in her bedroom, which is not where that should be. Be Um, She does have a flashback to earlier in the episode, and then they have uh, kind of the other um, angle of it, of, of a really unimpressive confrontation in the basement
1: look on a story structure level maybe tarantino was inspired by this because i'm pretty sure he did the exact same thing in jackie brown right (laughs) this is this is the jackie brown heist moment of this episode of Freddy's nightmares
0: yeah and then and then um the mom goes upstairs she has a dream vision of the actual lisa being like i need my makeup um, and she's like, I can't let you see me like this. And she turns and her face is, I think, supposed to look burned, but it just looks like someone stuck a honeycomb on the side of her face.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like when, um, the Jack Nicholson burns uh, his offside his face in Batman, the Tim Burton one, and she removes the mask and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Yes. That was, <laughs> that was not a scream. That was me impersonating Denny Elfman's score. <laughs>
0: That's, fair. That's good to know. um but yeah so somehow the mom didn't notice that patty was wearing lisa's like letterman jacket um until she takes it out of the laundry um and then so she has this dream lisa again and but then she's i don't know it's really this dream lisa recognizes that patty is an imposter so the mom inside her head knows that patty's not really lisa but then she starts like in reality believing that she is um or at least forcing herself to believe
1: um look grief is a grief is a tough thing on people you know yeah i if i if i am going through grief i go straight full norman bates that's like my that's my arc straight to norman bates just so you know fyi
0: yeah okay Oh, no oh I mean, you, you just keep them in the basement I'll dry
1: it up? Just straight, straight to that, hallucinating, like, what I need to see and hear in order to get through it all. Okay. Um, Letterman jackets and all. Yeah. Just so you know.
0: Okay, fair. Um, but obviously, <laughs> Patty is not Lisa. Um, When her mom tries to close her door, she screams at her. She's like, don't ever close my door. Which,
1: again, fair. Um, yeah, fair enough. But then she's like... Trauma. <laughs> Significant <laughs> trauma. This is a really great exploration of trauma, I think, actually. It is a exploration of trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um,
0: but yeah, so we we cut to the Burton's household once again. Heidi drops off Will, and the mom's like, Oh, could you actually um, take this to Lisa's mom? It's my famous nut cake. And I'm like, what's with these ladies
1: and putting nuts in cake? Hey, uh, I am 110% all for nuts and cakes. Yeah, I'm... No,
0: and, okay, I know. Okay, I'm not against the concept. And I know that nut cake is a thing. But it's just like, I don't feel like it's common enough in Ohio to be this much of a thing.
1: Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough what about what about if it was ohio but filmed in california does that help on the nut front
0: actually i don't think so i mean (laughs) you know we're we're known for putting alternatives to things in sugary (laughs) things but i feel like nut cake is still beyond the pale we're 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 still
1: at the carrot cake phase (laughs) okay cool good to know good to know taking notes for my next trip over (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: um but yeah basically okay so she takes the cake to the mom And the mom's like, oh, I'm busy making a prom dress for Lisa. And Heidi's like, look, ma'am, Mrs. Wax, Lisa's dead. You got to come to terms with it. And she's like, oh, don't be silly. She's upstairs. And Heidi's like, the fuck? (laughs) Um, So she goes upstairs. She hears noises. And she's like, Lisa, is that you? Um, And so she goes in and the door slams behind her um she gets dragged out later by patty with scissors sticking out of her chest
1: great stuff because Heidi deserves it yeah she had it coming she got dial in for murdered real good oh yeah yeah she sure did yeah
0: um the mom continues to dream about real lisa and real lisa's threatening to kill patty she's like look if you're not gonna kick her out of your house i'm gonna do it for you um but then patty's like well you know what you have to do right you have to kill her in your dream that way you'll be free um meanwhile lisa in the basement has been carving
1: a tunnel shaped like a tetris piece for no reason i can tell yeah i don't understand what, why that shape but i appreciate that she's just going full shawshank downstairs yes. getting her ta- getting her blue lagoon style tan and just shawshanking like a motherfucker i love that yeah she's committed and she look what
0: what patty couldn't do in 10 years lisa did in about a week
1: I think Pat, Patty is my new. Um, Lisa is my new hero. Oh no, I'm having an identity crisis. Like the like the mom, I'm turning into the mom. I have become Mrs. Wax. <laughs> oh no, the worst fate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Lisa
0: finally comes home. She's like, Mom, I made it. I'm home. But the mom points a gun at her. And where are these people are getting guns? I mean, it's Ohio, so like, okay. Um, <laughs> but she's like, No, I. I'm Lisa. And then Patty comes in. She's like, I'm Lisa. And then for there's a minute where Lisa doesn't recognize who has taken her place. And I'm like, I know you did only meet Patty like briefly during a scuffle, but you think you'd remember the face of the last person you saw. Yeah, that's right. And she's like, Oh, you're that Burton girl, aren't you? And I'm like, Lisa, as much as you're a hero, you're good at shawshanking. You are slow on the uptake.
1: look look she's quite malnourished let's give lisa a break actually she's probably not they were they were feeding her heaps of stuff in that bane marie lazy susan thing imajiggy up and down h2o thing oh yeah they were feeding her very well yeah Um, meanwhile at home she got nothing but brown soup and cups of milk
0: yeah honestly it's it's an upgrade (laughs) Mm, yeah Uh, um but she does want to be home for whatever reason and she's like you
1: lying bitch i'll kill you
0: um so the mom shoots lisa Cut to mom being dragged away by the cops. Patty's watching from the bushes. Um, back to Jack and Jill on the couch. They are reading newspapers with with their arms held out like at full ninety degrees. Like they are the it's the stiffest newspaper reading you've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's angular for lack of a better word. Yeah.
0: Um, but they hear a noise in the kitchen. And they're like, "Will, what are you doing in there?" And Will's right behind them. He's like, "What? Nothing." <laughs> Um so they go look and they realize like they well they still think that Patty is in the basement. They are behind the times. Mm-hmm. So they go downstairs, they see that the basement door is open, they're like, oh, Holy shit. So they run in and they look for Patty and Patty locks them in. Um she kind of <laughs> Will is tricycling around and Patty's like, Hi Will, I'm home and the implication is she's gonna like I don't know, hurt him a lot somehow. And he just starts
1: backing away on the tricycle. Yeah, I love the way he kind of backpedals full on. It's so great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good move. It's what I would do. And then we get that moment of cinematic genius where the camera starts to pull back, like that closing shot in after the murder sequence in Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy, where the camera's just pulling back through the house. It's, yeah. <laughs> and then... I like, like lofty ambitions, cinematic ambitions. I'm all there for it yeah exactly and
0: you know they're going for it go go bill Frolik. um yep. and yeah so then we're back at freddy's liminal space he does a whole leave it to beaver thing he's like wally beef lord june i'm home uh nothing breaks me up like these holiday reunions and i'm like he only said that because this aired in december there's nothing holiday about this episode ah uh, yes of course of
1: course but okay and- sorry what yeah no i that that totally passed me by i was just like oh freddie oh freddie what are you on about fred
0: i mean so was i i i only because i keep track of these air dates where i was like okay that's barely makes sense but sure um but he keeps doing this thing where he's like blowing his nose with a handkerchief in a really weird way is that some kind of leave it to beaver reference i'm missing
1: i have no idea what that meant i was just like i guess it's dusty down there in the boiler room i have no idea exactly what's going on maybe it's hay fever i'm not sure maybe i mean yeah it's it's seasonal allergies yeah (laughs) yeah
0: but okay the end (laughs) yeah the end and and now that we're here um what are your final thoughts was this a dream was it a nightmare or did it put you to sleep
1: this was a dream brennan i really liked this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i feel as though i i need to explain myself but at the other t- the other hand i feel as though when you look at the people who were inspired by this episode yeah you know jordan peele the spirit of alfred hitchcock went into the future and then was inspired <laughs> by this and and reinterpreted sequences from dial m for murder and frenzy into his filmography paul thomas anderson nut cake who does (laughs) this is just this is an amazing hour of television that reminded me of things that are so much better that i love that fall within this kind of story structure because i'll be honest with you this type of you know identity crisis basement horror thriller stuff is my jam i love this stuff i've actually written about this stuff it reminded Mm -hmm. me a lot of like psycho 2 um, you know, at the end when they're like, no, I'm Lisa, I'm that. It's a little bit like the, no, I'm Mary, I'm the oh, Mary yes. from the end of Psycho 2, which is a wonderful film and executes many of these kind of, um, you, know, uh, you know, the transferal of guilt and personalities in a far more eloquent way. But... Um, it reminded me of that, and then even on a trashier level, it kind of I'm like, okay, if you can't be psycho, to be you know butcher baker nightmare maker, you know what I mean? Which is kind <laughs> of which is kind of where this kind of falls into because it's again, it's like you know the crazy mother, you know split personality, guilt transference, you know I'm just gonna stab you, and I'm not gonna be very good at telling the story, kind of narrative complexity, and I'm like this kind of felt a little bit like that, and I a little bit liked it a lot okay Look. love that it's love you
0: respect you <laughs> um, although i will say the butcher Baker nightmare maker reference is interesting because in the bloodlines episode i'm remembering now yes b bass was on that episode um but there is a moment in the first portion of bloodlines um that was very much reminded us of louise lasser in blood rage which i think is Ooh. a sister performance to susan tyrell in butcher baker nightmare maker yes so they yes. they are really harnessing that kind of vibe
1: maybe we should just uh you know like once you finish getting through both seasons of, of Freddy's nightmares we can just do an entire an entire podcast for 20 episodes just about her that sounds like a thing it could yeah be.
0: well look i i you know what i'd love to do a podcast about deranged women you know <laughs> <laughs> um have
1: you have you read that book um house of psychotic women i have not oh it is oh gosh who wrote that uh, if only i was oh if oh it was here within reach wonderful book a, a strong recommendation to everybody
0: yes it's uh she's got a very interesting name i'm gonna actually look it up because she works with the um well i can't remember the name of anything right now well that's um, okay i do
1: have a copy here on my shelf but i i'm tethered to oh, my laptop by these cords
0: it's a kayla janice
1: yes yes wonderful book which is about essentially everything this this episode of freddy's nightmare would actually sit well within the uh, you know the pages of of the of that book uh which is all about you know uh these type of characters in this type of a situation and it's kind of great
0: yes i i do still need to read that that is one that's on my my read list um Oh, back to the final thoughts. On this episode, uh, I love that you love this, and I see why you do. Um, (laughs) For me, I think, like, overall, it landed on a put me to sleep, but just because I'm really, really, really sick of the episodes of this show that are very much about incessant dream sequences and constantly waking up from them. Um, I, I get that. I get that. But did you like monkey dreams more than this? Did I... Well see that one was between dream and nightmare where it's like some stuff was better and some stuff was worse and this one I think is like was pretty like level for me.
1: Yeah, I get it. But but see the thing that I really liked about this episode <laughs> and it's and it and this is faint praise, but when you're looking at the context of the series as a whole, I think it's quite strong is that the narrative flow from the first act to the second act actually um has some level of cohesion. You know, Mm -hmm. like, not a lot. But when you think about, like, the narrative switches that they do where they always switch it up and they go with the absolute loser for the second story, this actually followed it through. It actually felt like the first and second half of two separate carryover episodes stitched together. And I'm like, it shouldn't be this cohesive because it's Freddy's nightmares. You know what I mean? So I admire that about it. I was like, oh, I'm actually, I have an opportunity to be invested in these characters for 48 minutes as opposed to... 18 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean. And now, actually I have a
0: little bit of insight into that from an episode that has not aired yet as of our recording, but will have aired by the time of release. Um, I did an interview with Tom Blomquist who wrote um, two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. um, And he talked about how, you know, his first episode and the second episode, like they were linked. The, like that one was a sequel to another one, much like this was a sequel to Bloodlines. Yeah. Um and for each of the so that's two episodes with two segments each. So each of the four segments they had to be designed to be like available to be syndicated as a half hour show. Like so they were uh-huh. each segment was supposed to be able to be viewed on its own if needed, but it, they should also be able to stack together into one hour and a half movie that they were going to sell in Europe. <laughs>
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So which, I imagine um, that's
0: what they were doing with this episode too, which is why it has such a like solid link, even though
1: the specific like kind of theme and main character is slightly different. Can you imagine watching um the the second half of the episode that I missed followed onto this hour and going, Wow, this jackal this jackal child devil patty under the stairs Mother, identity, crisis, evil parents, clippings, narrative, shooting, murder, subplot, full story, happy ending, fate of black. Can you imagine that as an hour and a half VHS sitting on a shelf somewhere and someone picking it up going, here's $5, I'm going to spend wisely? Can you imagine that that was ever a thing? Uh, the 80s were great. The 80s were... <laughs> You I know, think really just going for it. It was the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a reason it's satirized so much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um now that now that we're done, where can everybody find you and more of
1: your um, you know, pearls of wisdom out there on the internet? Uh, well, look. If you want to find me in person, I'm in Australia. Good luck finding me. I'm surrounded by a moat of spiders and sharks and things like that. But if you would like to read any of my stuff, um, you can check me out on Amazon or go to AaronDries.com. But hit me up on Twitter at AaronDries. Um, I'm the author of a bunch of books and uh, working on some screenplays. And I'm I, I love to chat and talk to horror fans. And if you've enjoyed listening to us waffle on, and if you got this far, then you know let's let's hang. <laughs> (laughs) basically (laughs) we are all wills you know we are the wills uh in in this episode and if you are a fellow will hit me up and let's talk about scary movies and stuff
0: agreed yeah share a picture of your improperly hung texas chainsaw poster (laughs) um yeah i forgot to mention it is at a 45 degree angle anyway um you can find me on Twitter at its raining brands and Instagram at the burning clem. Um, our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Uh, Rate and review us wherever you get us. Uh, the next episode is actually another sequel, and it's actually one of the ones written by Tom Blomquist, who I interviewed. Um, in this follow up to Dream Come True, the new host of Springwood Confidential doesn't heed Freddy Krueger's warning to axe his latest show topic. Meanwhile, a doctor performs an experimental procedure that results in a patient acquiring another man's personality and dreams. Ooh, can't wait
1: for that to hit syndication. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: but yeah, um, until then, sleep tight, everybody. Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. Bye.